0: Oh yeah, you have to rec- uh, press record. Great job, Vlad. Um, well, thank you. At least I hope you had some fun at home uh, with us trying to figure out how to do this. Uh, but I'm really I am really, I'm really thankful. Uh, hopefully most of you have been able to hear most and see most of it. Uh, I apologize. I was the one uh, with the cameras, which I think I've proven today that that is not my job. So uh, if you uh, like cameras and stuff, you're very welcome to come and uh, do that. Uh, Joseph did a great job a while ago doing that. Um, But you can uh, grab your Bibles and turn to Acts. We're still in the book of Acts. Um, I'm going to just take just a few minutes. uh, uh, This prime minister, the the prime minister, the queen, and everybody had their, their, uh, what do you call it? I think that camera is working now. Because <laughs> I, I think the camera is on you guys. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, they all had the New Year's speech. Um, and so I'm not going to have a long one. But I do want to just uh, just thank God for 2020. And uh, as we were having our end of the year prayer meeting, uh, more families said that although although many people have seen 2020 as really bad, um, we were some families there saying, well, 2020 has actually been the best year so far for our families. Uh, I think there's just a, a lot of things to be thankful for about that and, and knowing that, and I think we we're also seeing here as we we're going through Acts um, it doesn't matter what kind of situations the world is in, but... Um, God is always in control, and he can work in and through us, through all those things. Uh, That was just very short uh, about that. Uh, Today we will be going, continuing in in Acts, um, and I just, I have, I think I have a few uh, slides there. So in Acts 9, uh, 32 to 42, we're going to read, and uh, so Luke, uh, right of Acts, he he has been uh, following Philip and then Paul. And now we're going to go back to uh, following um, Peter, and so we're going to have a few stories uh, with Peter, and then we will see how it sets up for um, for how yeah following Peter for a while. And uh, you can see there on the on the slide. And if I go like one more time, Abel's messing with my slides. Can you take the next slide? Uh, it's just zooming in a little more. Uh, he's going from Jerusalem, he's going to Lod, and then to Joppa and then next week he's going to go to uh, Caesarea. Uh, so that's kind of where we're heading. So uh, let's, uh, let's read together. Next slide. Uh, now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came also to the saints who lived at Lydda. They found a name. Name. He found a man named Ananias, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, "Ananias, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed." And immediately he rose, and all the resident residents of Lydda and Saron saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a disciple named uh thank you Uh, tabitha which translated means dorcas she was full of good works and acts of charity in those days she became ill and died and when they had washed her and laid her in the upper room since litter was near joppa the disciples hearing that peter was there sent two men urging him please come to us without delay and Peter rose and he went with them, and when he arrived they took him to the upper room, and all the widows stood besides him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside, and he knelt down and prayed. And turned to the body and turning to the body he said, Tabitha rise and she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. And then calling the saints and the widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all of Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. This is the word of the Lord. Um, The introduction is going to be maybe not so flattering for me, myself. Because as I was reading through Acts, preparing for this sermon series, I come to this story, and I cannot remember ever reading this story. I just can't. I can't remember Peter healing Anais. I I just can't. And I was like, but I've read through the Bible many times. But I just just did not recall this story. Uh, And so... so I was like, what? I have I just missed it every time? I mean, I know it's not a very long story, but I mean, I've read through the Bible, I've, I've gone through this, and it's a beautiful story about a man who's been sick eight years and he gets healed. Um, but I was just, it also brought up some other things to me. It was like, well, how much other stuff have I, have I missed in the Bible as I was reading through? I um, was just a little curious about that. Uh, it just brought up some things about when we start reading the Bible. I know maybe many of you guys have said, "Oh, I want to read through a Bible plan this year," uh, which is really good and great. I want to encourage that. Um, but I guess I am proof that you can read a lot of things and then totally forget about them, and then rediscover them later. Um, but just a, that's just a note about those things. Um, I think I talked about it last week. Um, how do we view reading the Bible and even studying through the Bible when we do it? I think doing it together it's really helpful, even if you do Bible plans to do them in groups or at least have somebody to talk to so you can talk about what you're learning. But I, I think as I'm preaching through books and 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 sharing it, it seems to become a lot more it seems like um it seems like it becomes a more of a. It becomes more um, more real, or more alive, or more ingrained as I study through. And so I think maybe the risk sometimes of reading plans is that I'll read five verses, five chapters a day, um, but how much of that will then stick in my head? But and just a just a comment or something is like. Kailin has this, uh, she has this uh, in her fitness course, it was like, it was like they were like, it's the difference, between, the difference between have to doing something and getting to do something. Uh, some for, for some of us, exercise is something we have to do. But what if we say, oh, but I get to do it. And so with reading the Bible, would it be better to like, I don't have to, but I get to. Spend time with God, reading His Word, seeing it is that way. And I think I said a few weeks ago. I think just also some of the, like the things that I'm thinking about right now is how is a relationship with God actually in a relationship, and not a list of duties. But as we come to read, as we come to pray, uh, it's about developing a relationship with a person. All right. Back to the stories at hand, <clears throat> back to Peter, Ananias, and then actually, her name, even though she has two names here, means in English "Gelle," which is a, a name, a beautiful name used. So she has two, two names, um, what's her name? She's called uh, uh Tabita in uh, Greek, and then translating in Aramaic, she's Dorcas. And then the meaning is actually gazelle, so it's a little bit like when we talked about uh, Barabbas, who sold his property. He also has three names, and he was Joseph, and so on. So it's because they were living in a multicultural language time, so they some of them actually has more than one name. They have a Roman or they have a Greek name, or and an American name. Um, so yeah, back to that. So Peter, Peter. At this time, uh, we switch back to Peter, and he is a. Uh, He's journeying around. Uh there's kind of peace at this point. We read that like Saul isn't trying to catch people now. Now he's become a believer, so there isn't many people persecuting them. So Peter even has a time to travel around to the different cities. And so he's on all these tours around serving the churches. And he's going to this um he's going to this uh, city or maybe a village. Um that later is called Lod, he goes there and it, I think it's very interesting to see what's going on here. And, and maybe this is also what Luke is saying. Going to Lod is actually maybe preparing Peter for some of the things that are coming. Because Lod was a... More, there was more Gentiles there than Jews. Uh, and so then we could say, well, why would he be going there? Well, the believers there are probably believers either from Pentecost or from uh, when Philip had his preaching tour up the coast. So uh, Peter is willingly going there to serve people there, to encourage them. Uh, and as he's there, he, he lays his eyes on this man, Aeneas, who I forgot all about, uh, who has been paralyzed for eight years. And he says this beautiful sentence to him there in verse, um, in verse 35. Aeneas. Christ heal you. Christ heals you. Jesus Christ heals you. Raise and make you a bed. And that happens. Um, he gets up. He gets up after i been after have been, have to have been a, a paralytic for eight years. And I think it's good sometimes to just stop because this is a man who had been a huge burden to everybody in his family for eight years, for himself even. He could have been seen as unclean, he could have seen as, as just a big burden and not somebody to to be cherished and, and built up. And in this intense, instance, as Peter artists these names, for the second time Peter proclaims that Jesus healing in Jesus' name he raises him up like he did with the with a lame man that was sitting at the temple. It's also very clear from this sentence and also when 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 Peter did the first time, Peter takes absolutely no credit. He says, this is Jesus that's healing, Aeneas. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father, but he's the one who heals Aeneas. And Peter is the vessel that, that Jesus has used to come physically and see. And that was part of why the Holy Spirit came, that Jesus was in one place when he was here, but now in his Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, he can send his disciples all over and through them, heal and make things right and this march uh, in this country something happened um, we got this virus that you maybe have heard about <laughs> called COVID that shut down everything and when you think about Aeneas' life he was probably the last 8 years probably just wanting everything to be normal and with one instance, Peter with compassion and Jesus' power raises him up. But I, I, ha- I just, and I was thinking maybe when I did my introduction, I would just want even more for us. Um, as we're looking at this pandemic and anything else and hearing the testimonies from people at the prayer meeting, we want more than just normal. We want a life lived in Christ that's super normal, that's supernatural. Let us not go back to things being normal. Because our lives, we want to shine the light of Christ. We want to see the Holy Spirit work in us. And it's been, I think it's actually been my fear in this pandemic that we will go back to normal. Because... uh, I think god 's doing something in the pandemic, and I think he 's doing something in and through us he 's given us opportunities and it 's been my my desire for us as a fellowship to greet not greet, but grab these opportunities and I know somebody and I know people have they 've grabbed the opportunities to show their neighbors, spend more time with their kids, reach out to others. Uh, you guys have supported me in in being here on Wednesdays, uh, sharing the gospel with the food bank people. Um, So there has been many things God has done in this year that wouldn't have been there if we had just had a normal every day. And then you can say with as well, his life my hopefully doesn't go back to being normal. Like his life has just been totally changed, like from a paralytic to now he can become a disciple and worship Jesus, walking in that supernatural life, not going back to normal but going back to being a disciple with true life in who Jesus is. And, and, and we're seeing that this is not, this is going to sound bad, but this is not just for Aeneas. This is for all the people in the city of Lida, Because we, we see their reaction and that, that I, he was, like, was deciding for this this city as well. That we don't want Albor just to go back to normal. And don't care about who Jesus is. Not our heart for the internationals here is that in this time of crisis, they would actually think about, well, my life is actually, uh, my life is fragile. What is all this life about? Is there a God? And we want to be there and say, yes, there is. And you need Jesus. That is true life in Him. So, so I think that we see that a little bit here as well. That we see that we see that P, that Jesus is glorified because many people turn to Jesus after they see that Jesus, through Peter, has healed um, has healed Aeneas. and that's such beautiful. and And I think I was just reminded about Jesus and Thomas. He says, "Blessed are you when you believe." even if you haven't seen it. So it's not necessarily just the healing, but it's the story of Jesus Christ, the Lord of all, coming in into this world full of pandemics and all sorts of other things to die for our sin and to rescue for himself a whole people. Clean us of all our sin, shame, pain, and guilt and give us his righteousness that we will be with him now and forever. I think it's really beautiful to see Peter's humility. He points to Jesus. And so I'm just thinking about us. Is that how we live our lives? Are we more about our career or how will our kids do? Or is our lives an arrow? Well, maybe not an arrow. Is our lives a light that shines to Jesus? It's not about our accomplishments, but it's about what Jesus accomplishes through us. Do we spend our lives thinking about how can we serve Jesus and other people? And I think, like I've been saying, that Acts is just uh, Acts is this reminder that Jesus has given us all the power we need in the Holy Spirit to do exactly what He wants us to do. Um, to live that supernatural life that I really long for us all to do. Um, it looks different from all, all of us because we are different. But that we remember, hey, if we are believers, we have the promise that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And that Holy Spirit gives us the power to do what Jesus asks us to do. Um, and so it's also my question. I'd have to, in the in, in bold print, perhaps, but do you believe that? Do you feel that? Do you know that's true from the times when you have done what you are led to do when you obey the scriptures when you over time see the development of your relationship with jesus and you see people coming to know jesus and you remember that he did save you if he could save me and you he can save your neighbor your brother your mother we need to encourage each other that that is very true There is a the, there is this one, one point that I've been just have been thinking about, meditating on, and just been thinking about that, um, that though we get the power to do whatever Jesus asks us to do, that doesn't mean that we will be successful necessarily in this life, because Jesus's kingdom is an upside down kingdom, and so to be able to live in fruit. Fr- to be able to live in true freedom. To live in the abundant life Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. Well, what does he ask us to do? Well, he asks us in Luke 9 to daily deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. So this is, it seems so different. It seems so upside down that to be able to gain into true full life jesus asks us to deny ourselves take up our cross and follow him but i really believe that that's where the key is the key is less of us and more of jesus so denying ourselves so there's more room for jesus to work in and through us and it's the best thing because it's actually true freedom because all the things that we are pressed down by performance shame pain and guilt will if those things are taken away and it's Jesus performance in us that is what leads us to true life so it was this i saw it on it was beautiful i saw it on the only way to be truly free is to become a bond servant of jesus to become a slave of jesus well slave is so bad well not understanding you are a slave no matter what you just get to choose who your master is. Whether well, that, that's yourself, money, fame, power, You'll be, well, you will be a slave. It's just a matter of who you choose as your master. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, heavy laden. Take upon me my yoke, because it's easy. It's, it's light. But it's also the call to come into true freedom to be set free to live for Jesus. That was just a little bit of a... Let's go with second second, story. So she's... Tabitha, the Gessel, whatever we call her, is a beautiful saint who served Jesus. And she made a huge impact in the community. And she was full of good works and acts of charity. And you have this bunch of people that are so sad. But we see something really beautiful here. We see their great faith. They send people to Joppa, which is some 12, 15 miles away. They send them there because they hear Peter's there. The thing is, where we sh- this, sh- this shows great faith is that she is dead. And we have not seen Peter raise anybody from the dead. But they still send two men saying, come at once with us. And we see again the humility of Peter. He doesn't say, no, I am a great apostle. You cannot tell me what to do. No, no, he he just goes with them and said, yes, I'll I'll come with you. And he might not even know why he's going. Maybe they say it on the way. But as they come there, all these people are weeping. They're sad that she's dead. But they really put a lot of faith in that Peter can do something. But they have no proof or we don't have proof that he has raised anybody from the dead. But I was just reminded, but, but is that the same faith we read about in Hebrews that, that Hebrews attributes to, um, uh, to Abraham, that he was willing to offer up his son because he believed that God was willing, could raise him again from the dead? That if they just get Peter, and Peter can pray for, him, for, for Tabitha, that she could rise again. Peter did hang out with Jesus and they saw and heard that Jesus had done that. And they seen this light and that they believed that Peter could do the same. And and this story kind of reminded me about when Elijah heals the woman's child she also is like what has happened why did you come did you come so that my son would die and Elijah is just like he puts he just takes the child prays and the, 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 the child revives or for Mark very beautiful story Mark 5.41 the synagogue ruler's daughter is dead Everybody laughs at Jesus when Jesus says she's just, she's just sleeping. They laugh and scorn at him. And if you look at the language, it's very close. It's very close. It's like one letter different. Because Jesus says "Tepita cum," and here she's her name is Tepita. So it is like one vowel difference. When Peter says, "Um," he kneels down and prays. And he says, Tabitha, arise. And she opens up her eyes and and when she sees Peter, she sits up. We see again the humility of Peter. He's willing to kneel down and pray. Because he knows it's not him. When we see Jesus heal, he just says, he just says it. He knows he has the power to do it Elijah throws himself on the mercy of God the same with Peter kneeling down God you have to do it Jesus true God just says little girl arise I think there's a lot of lessons about if you want to be in leadership There's a lot of lessons of us for following Jesus, that following Jesus to true freedom is taking Him on the cross and following Him. If you want to be a leader, you serve everyone. When When John and James' mom came and said, hey, can my sons be the greatest? Jesus said, among you, if you want to be great, you have to be the servant of all. Jesus showed when he washes the washes the um, disciples' feet. This is what it looks like to be great and a leader that you're the servant of all the upside down kingdom the if you want to be great, you've gotta serve everyone. We see the same result here. Peter doesn't give, like, hey, let's have a parade for Peter. He healed somebody, and then he raised somebody from the dead. No. People see what happens. This becomes known, and many believe in Jesus. Acts is not about, like we talked about, it's not about the apostles. It's about how Jesus works through all the people. And so the question that I've said that earlier is and why we're going through Acts is this do we believe that we have all the power inside of us to live these lives? To do exactly what God has for us. That we don't have to be afraid. That He's there with us. That there's true freedom in being with Him. And true freedom is actually taking up the cross and following Him. That we may not be weighed down of the cares of this world. Of the how much we pressure ourselves or the culture but I actually live for one person the one we're following I have no idea how long I spoke so this is really dangerous normally I have a, <laughs> a timer here uh, but I am thinking it's been long so I'll cut some of it short um, uh, there's going to be, another, the last verse says, um, and he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon the Tanner. And that's where we're going to pick up the story next time. And I know that a lot of commentaries say something, and one of them here is, um, and I didn't say that at all, but that was one of the things, Like it seems like God's preparing simon for or peter for what's going to happen next is that he's going to a place with a lot of gentiles now he lives with a person who's a tanner which traditionally is an unclean unclean trade um and and as we're going to see next time peter says i've never done anything unclean and then he's going to be sent to a very unclean people next week so seems like god is like moving in peter's in peter's life to like okay i'm going to show you that the gospel is also for all the gentiles um, but okay, so he's like, what does this all have to do? I've asked some questions throughout the thing. Like, are you humble and obedient? And, and what is it that Jesus is asking you to do? And do you believe that you have the power to do that because of the Holy Spirit inside? Do we believe that in Christ we have all the power for our lives to live for Jesus? All what he's asking us to do, we have through the Holy Spirit if we are believers. Jesus would do the work in and through us. And so if you succeed in the Christian life, (laughs) make sure that you're like Peter and everybody else, that you're not like, hey, I am the best person in the world. No, no. Keep pointing to Jesus, because he's the one doing the work. What is is it in this text that you need to obey? What is God teaching you through this as we're going through this? What did we learn about God in this text? He's almighty, and Jesus can raise the dead, even from the throne of God. And he is going to, and it's just a reminder like what Jesus' resurrection was that we will be resurrected with him. We have eternal life that starts now. And he's like as Hebrews says like we will not, away from the body we will we be with Jesus. I think the, the text needs us to spur on and pray for people to turn to Jesus for life that they can have new life in him. And that we are powerless, powerless about, apart from Jesus. So when we're not spending time with Jesus, when we're not reminding one another about what Jesus has already done through our testimonies, we're powerless against the evil one and against the world. We'll just be overwhelmed. So how do we cultivate a good relationship with God, encouraging one another, spurring each other on to good works? Um that he can save everyone because he saved you and that we can follow him as disciples and it's a gift of god so none of us can boast in it whatever great thing we will do it's a gift from god and we're to just joyfully glorify him through that and if you're just out there on the internet and you're like what is this guy talking about well and I think I forgot to say the last time. <laughs> so just a short version is that Almighty God in Jesus Christ, He comes into the world, humbles Himself, lives the perfect life, dies on the cross. But that's not the end. On the cross He dies for our same pain, sin, and guilt. But death could not hold Him because He had not done nothing wrong. So on the third day he rises again. And for us it's a gift. Do we believe that that's true? As Peter said in the first sermon, repent from your own ways and turn to Jesus and you will have eternal life in Christ and have the Holy Spirit as a gift. That's also for you today. And you're just like, that's great or that's horrible. I don't believe it. Well, it's true. You can accept that you want it. It's totally free. But you've also heard me. It's totally free, but it's going to cost you everything. Because the conditions are that every day you will die to yourself, take up your cross, and follow Jesus. Those are the terms. It's free. Salvation is free. Discipleship costs you everything. So it's a free gift to received with thankfulness that we can be forgiven when we repent and ask for forgiveness to have jesus's righteousness on us new creation in a new life eternal life in christ jesus that's what i had for you today i hope i did not go way too long <laughs> but that was uh, just the encouragement i had for you guys here from acts acts 9 and Next week, we will continue in Acts 10, maybe it was a very familiar passage. Um, Peter meeting with Cornelius. Um, but let's pray together. Heavenly Father, just thank you so much. Thank you. You're an amazing God. And, and even as everything is chaotic, you're always the same. And you're always in control. And you're always doing something. You're drawing people to yourself all the time. And Lord, I thank you. I thank you for 2020. Thank you for 2021. Lord, we're asking you to keep doing the same things. We are asking you to help us understand and believe that you have given us all the power we need in your Holy Spirit to do what you have asked us to. ask you to help us to be obedient. Help us to have eyes to see, ears to listen to how you are moving and guiding us. Lord, help us to day by day cultivate our relationship with you through prayer and through reading of your word. Help us make it a joy that we do that. And help us encourage one another when we don't really think it's a joy. Help us to see that it's true life in you. So in the morning, deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow you into true freedom. So Lord, we ask that you would do that and you would grant that to us. Ask for anybody who's just like, I don't believe this is true. Jesus, you come and meet them with your good news. Lord, I pray that you would help us to do this one-on-one in, in small groups and and to reach to the whole city and to all the places that we need, that we are in this world. So, Lord, we thank you, praise you for this great good news. That Jesus, you are Lord of all. And even at the right hand of the Father, you can do all things through us. So we ask that you will help us, grow us in our faith, to believe that you can save anyone. Um, and they can become your disciples. So we ask that you continue to do that in and through us. And we pray, and we just thank you so much for our last year and this first service. Thank you for <laughs> thank you for letting us move in here. Uh, thank you uh, for Abel and, um, and Vlad that's just been working, making this work. Uh, thank you for Marta and Michael that will and willing come and share. Um, Lord, we bless you, and we thank you. Um, all honor and glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And I think you may rise at home or in here and receive the benediction today from 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Have a great week, um, and we'll see you soon.